You're listening to On The Brink, a podcast that brings you up-and-coming country music artists. We expressly prohibit the reproduction of any parts of the podcast without our written consent. Please send your request via onthebrinkpodcast.com, where you can also sign up for updates. Please also support our sister site, stonecoldcountry.net. We sincerely thank you for listening and congratulate you on your expanding music library. Looking for a last-minute gift or a special something for that special someone? Mosey on down to the Stone Cold Country gift shop. Pick up a new pair of boots, a pretty top, or a cool new gadget. And while you're at it, check out my favorites on the Shredded Threads collection. All my favorite holy and shredded jeans all in one place. Go on to stonecoldcountry.net forward slash shop. And check out my hand-picked favorite jeans on the Shredded Threads collection under the More tab. Happy shopping! Hi, Royce. How are you? Doing good. How you doing? I'm doing good. How's everything? It's uh, colder than hell here in Iowa. (laughs) (laughs) Is that right? You are in Iowa. I was wondering about that. So you're part of the 14 states right now. Uh, Is it the rolling outages out there? Yeah. Yeah. Iowa is one of the states. No? Yeah. Maybe. Yep. It's a cold cold, uh, state out. Tell you what. Um, It is about. Yeah. It's about negative 30 wind chill, you know. Oh, Lord, that's not a drop in the bucket. (laughs) That's serious. So what are you guys going to do out there? Because Iowa, I was reading um, years ago, you guys provide like, I don't know, 10 to 20% of like (laughs) all of our food. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah, a lot of grain, you know. Well, uh, once it's cold snap, the problem is like, if you, if you go to Alaska, right, they're used to this negative 20 degree weather for, you know, a longer period of time. But when it when it's this cold for the, you know, this long, like we don't, you know, they don't bury, they don't bury main sewer lines, you know, f- further than six feet here in Alaska, they bury them 20 feet. So it's like you have oh, the, the, the infrastructures there, right? So are you experiencing some of the outages um, in Iowa? No, actually, I mean we've been we've been pretty good, and we've had we've had some frozen pipes and stuff, but it's not it's nothing out of the ordinary, you know. Kind of. I'm happy that you're safe and that you're doing well, and I just you know want to appreciate you. Um, we're real happy to have you uh, on the show. But I did see that you um, there's one song on there that as soon as I heard it, I said, oh gosh, you know, I we have to interview him. I'm a big Lefty Brazil and Merle Haggard, you know, fan. So I'm sure sure you can guess the song I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I have the I have the vinyl sitting about six feet from me right here. Oh yeah, for that that record. Oh yeah. Well, but the album that kept coming up, uh, because actually you were referred several times. So we have you know several of our subscribers that are already fans and like your music. But the album that um, kept coming up was the, um, I want to say it's called Truck Stop, oh golly, Truck Stop Souvenirs. That's yep. what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, now, was that your first album? No, I, I did a demo. I did a, I don't know, you can almost call it a demo. Uh, in 2017, I played all the instruments and wrote four out of five of the songs. And it was just something oh, I did man. when I was about, I started when I was about 20, 21. And I just, 
it you know it's like songs you wrote when you're 19 kind of thing and i, I took them right. off the internet and then truck stop souvenirs mm -hmm. was uh taken from a friend of mine's catalog robert deitch and, um, he's a songwriter from iowa who writes out in nashville and uh mm -hmm. we used seven of his songs on that record so that was oh. that was that was a dig from his catalog Okay, yeah. Well, that album kept coming up, uh, Roy. So it must have, you know, been real popular. And then this brand new one that you have out now—I think it's pretty new. I think you maybe put it out last year. The uh, one last two-step that one came up as well. Um, so I think that the uh, truck stop souvenirs was uh, probably the introduction to you for a lot of people. You know, yeah. so you must have gotten some, you know, traction on that one. So anyway, that, you know, that's basically why you and I are talking today yeah. uh, because we have you know, this very special series. And, you know, something really weird, too, that I'm going to share with you. So um, my birthday is June 22nd. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. And when we looked it up, we saw not the same year, though. You know, you're going to be 26 <laughs> this year. I've got a couple of years on you. But um, <laughs> right on. So, yeah. Yeah. But we do have the same, you know, month and the same day. And you know who shares a birthday with us, right? Someone super duper famous. I do. I do not, unfortunately. Chris Christopherson. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's funny. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Chris uh, what's his name Coulter wall is he, he was born june 23rd i think uh oh i didn't know that so pretty close yeah but chris actually shares a birthday with us from what i understand and i think june carter cash is close i think she's she might be the 21st or something like that but um but chris actually does his birthday from what i understand she's 23rd june 23rd yeah you're right that's I think crazy. so. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I know. I know. So there you go. You know, I thought that was kind of weird. <laughs> I said, wow, I, was, I don't think I've ever really met someone who has, you know, my same uh, birth month and day. But anyway, wow. so um, yeah, yeah. So let's dig into some questions. So, um, you know, Royce, like I said, you know, we did have, you know, quite a few subscribers, you know, when we you know, we have, um, you know, we have some membership, you know, programs within our podcast series and our Stone Cold Country website. And so we always go to our audience, you know, people that are plugged in with us to find out, hey, you know, we're doing the series. Who do you think we should be interviewing? So your name came up. So but it's very possible, Royce that there might be people, you know, listening that don't know who you are just yet. So why don't you tell them a bit about yourself, you know, where you come from, you know, and how you got your start in music? Yeah. Uh, so I'm from Elkhart, Polk City, Iowa. Um, I grew up in uh, a couple different places, uh, just, you know, about seven minutes from each other. Um, and I didn't play music till I was 19. I started going out, um, getting all liquored up and go playing on the street corner <laughs> kind of thing. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just kind of stumbled into one thing from another and uh, just kept doing, doing the thing. You know, I, I, uh, I got my two year degree during and afterwards uh, I just, it's, it's kind of a long story, I guess, but uh, it's just, just from, one person to another, you just keep uh, exploring and trying to learn, and I'm still learning, man. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
Yeah, no, I hear you. But what made you like, because, you know, um, embarking on a career in music is not exactly like the easiest thing to do. Um, and so many people try for years and years and they just don't get anywhere. So yeah. um, I'm wondering, it must have been a spark that you already had. You just never, you know, maybe followed through with it early on or. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I, I was a guitar player, um, you know, like a bedroom guitar player. I, I would just sit mm -hmm. around and fiddle around and. It was kind of something I always just did in my spare time and, you know, um, something I could do with my hands when I'm, when I'm, you know, working on something else or waiting on something and I always just play guitar and, and I never sang. I didn't want to sing. And then, uh, I, I wound up playing in a band, a trio, like a kind of classic rock trio. And then I got stuck singing and then I had to figure out, you know, and I always liked older country music, but you know, a, a trio, it's just not ideal to do but what, you know, yeah. what, I, what I wanted to do. So, um, yeah, one thing led to another. Really, I, I wanted to work more. I wanted to do as many gigs as I like possibly could, and doing solo acoustic stuff let me do that, and it let me travel, um, and it let it, it was kind of my passport, you know, into a lot of places that you would be able to bring a full band. You know, it's like I can get on an airplane with a backpack and a guitar and do a show yeah. somewhere, you know, and go rent gear from a guitar center and rent a car right. and drag it out there, rather than you know you got to haul four or five people in a trailer of right. stuff. It's a Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it, it just allowed me, I know I'm a very independent worker and thinker, so it allowed me to do, I, I guess it, it just allowed me to make no excuses for myself. You know, when you're working with other people, you always got, oh, well, I can't make it or something right, came up. Yeah. with me. It's mm -hmm. like, it's just, you're on your own, you know, and that's yeah. kind of, and, no uh, I, anyway. <laughs> I, yeah, and I, I can do as many, I can do as many different songs I want to do. And, um, you know, I just stumbled my way through it those first couple of years where you just vocally you're rough and I was just really lucky I had a lot of a lot of I mean a lot of nice people that that just I look at videos of me singing back then I'm like and I still look at <laughs> I look at stuff I did last week and I think that but very very lucky a lot of a lot of gracious people I guess you know that's awesome though so tell us about your hometown so tell us all about like you know what's cool about it you know I mean did you like growing up there <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I still I still live in it. Um, cool. And we we have a pop machine tied to a tree. That's about the coolest thing about Elkhart, you know. Uh, and uh, um, yeah, actually, the pop machine's no more. The guy just died last August or September, and uh, they took the pop machine. It was chained around that tree for like thirty years. So that was probably the most unique thing about Elkhart. Uh, but no, it's we're a town of seven hundred people. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's it's just just nice people. I mean, that's about it, you know. That's um, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like you love being from where you're from, which you absolutely. know that works. <laughs> that that's you know, that's kind of nice, you know, to feel that way. You know, oh, I know yeah. a lot of people that go as far as they can from you know where they were born. You know, because sure. they just don't like it. So yeah. it's good to have. Them. Now, is there anyone? Like when you were growing up that, you know, was like the most famous person in that area. Anyone like that? No, uh, no, I know. I never, never really thought about that. Uh, I'm trying to think some, uh, friend of mine from high school, I mean, you know, kind of sent, I mean, like I had a, we had biology together when I was in ninth grade, but, uh, Zach Beacon, it's really funny. Cause he was just kind of the squirrely kid as we all are in ninth grade and, really squirrely kid he was really funny and and i remember like i was i was 20 ish 20 years old and i was starting to do music and i saw zach was on the x factor 
playing with these other yeah. two guys singing. They were singing in this trio, and Simon Cowles was judging them or something. And they got their they got some record deal, and they're open for Ariana Grande or uh, oh, some oh, some so pop funny. star. They, they did. Oh, it's called Rebel Road or something. They did. They had this male huh. vocal trio, but Zach did that. Uh, I think growing up, that's probably the only person I think they got any like national yeah. notoriety. I think. Wow, I, that's cool. That I knew, I guess. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Dad, I, don't even, I haven't even thought about him for years. I'm going to Google him right now and see what he's doing. That's funny. <laughs> that's so funny. So what's the best place to like grab a pizza or just grab some good food in your hometown? Well, we have two bars, uh, and one has uh, refrigerator pizzas, and one has kind of refrigerator pizzas. But uh, Kippy's actually has some homemade food and stuff. But uh, mm. the Hen House is a good place to get a beer. My, my neighbor owns a place, so... Um, they're both nice places, so it's they're just kind of towny small bars, you know, nothing. Yeah, nothing when too I crazy. Roll up, you sent me, I'm gonna say, hey, uh, <laughs> yeah. Roy said I can get a free meal here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't, I don't think they'll back me up on that one, but uh, if you get it, let me know. No worries, <laughs> that's funny. So, um, when you think back, it really sounds like you had a real solid, you know, upbringing. You said, you know, you lived in a couple different places but it seems like generally speaking you know the area um is something that you feel real comfortable i mean you're still in the area obviously um so that kind of tells me that you know you're kind of i don't want to say proud of being from that area but you know you, you feel comfortable you think that you know maybe um you know it was a nice place to to grow up in and you know you haven't really moved away so that's pretty awesome so i'm Wondering if there's um, anything that you learned early on that you've kind of carried through your entire life that's kind of helped you, you know, um, with your decision-making process and the direction that, that your life's taken, you know? Yeah, you just, I mean, a lot of people, especially in music, they just be, they, uh, there's a lot of entitlement. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not digging on anybody where I'm from or whatever, no, but I, no, of course. It's, it seems like it's a very, uh, I don't know. Like people feel like you, they, you owe them something or whatever. I, I don't know. I'm, I guess you always give the benefit to your neighbor type thing and just, uh, mm -hmm. I just outwork, outwork people, man. Like I, I, I'm not some natural born talent or anything. I, I don't and or believe or whatever. I just, I worked really hard at it and I, I got a lot of no's and I just kept, kept going through all the no's until they turned into yeses type thing. And, I still get a lot of no's, you know, but I don't ask, I don't ask a lot of whole, I don't ask for anything anymore. Really. I'm kind of happy what I'm doing now, but, uh, I, I don't know. I would just say work harder and answer your, answer your cell phone. You know, that's, that's probably the most solid advice I can give you because a, a lot of musicians don't like to answer their phone and that's, that's your, if you want to oh my God, busy you're and work, that's it. So. Yeah, but you're absolutely correct about that, Royce. Lots of people, especially musicians, which I don't get at all. I mean, yeah. you don't know who's calling, you know? Yeah. I mean, someone oh, yeah. could be calling, you know, with a deal or something like that. But you're right. <laughs> you're right. Like, you know, out of 20 musicians, I know, like, at least 18 are like, oh, you know, I'm not taking that. It's like, what? Yeah. No, I'll so, talk to yeah. anybody. I, I, I'll give anybody time of day once. Um, and if you're full, you know, if it's if it's somebody that I, that I don't think deserves time of day, if they're trying to get something from you, then, then I don't talk to them anymore. But 
Yeah, I'll, I mean, anybody, right. anybody who calls me, you know, I used to have my phone number on my Facebook page for the longest time, and I had to finally take it off about a year and a half ago. Um, just cause you get some weirdos out there, but like I, I used to just have, I, you know, I had a verified page with my cell phone number on the front of it, you know, yeah. it's like, I just didn't, mm -hmm. I don't care. It doesn't bother me, but, um, I, I found it to be easier to put my email that way. If it's a serious inquiry, someone actually has to take the time to send an email. Otherwise you just get texts right. from people that are just yanking your chain all day about stuff. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I have nothing better to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't blame them. I get it, but uh, yeah. I I would just say, yeah, give give anybody time of day, and I guess just be nice, nice as you can, you know. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of basic yeah. stuff, really. I don't I don't really I don't really know why why this has to be like a lesson to people, you know. I think it's kind of basic human courtesy that a lot of people just don't uh, share in the music world. But um, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's hard for me to complain. Mm -hmm. I've I've been surrounded by a lot of good people, so. Yeah, but common sense is not common anymore, Royce, you know. No, definitely not. <laughs> That's the way it is, you know. So those are great things to hear, you know. Answer your phone, you know, kind of work harder than anyone else, you know. Just go for it all, all day long, all week long. You know, that's what you're saying, basically. You know, Absolutely. just go for it. Answer yeah. your phone. Be nice to people, you know. I mean, just basic yeah. civilities, you know. Extend those to people and, you know, expect the best, you know, but work for it, you know, work hard, you know, so that you can expect the best, you know, um, sure. that's what it comes down to. Yeah, that that's awesome. So tell us about um, your latest album. Now, do you have a latest single off of your brand spanking new album? Or I, I just chose not to do the single thing. I've never, mm -hmm. I put one single out in 2016. And then it, it just became part of the, the EP or demo. And then I was like, I'm not promoting to radio. I have nothing to do with that world. Yeah, I, I can't stand radio today, man. I've, it's like I flipped on any Nash Icon stage and they're just they're, they're just playing the most garbage stuff they're paid to play. And it's just like, it's just, it's laughable. It's like, well, if this is the deal, then I'll, I'll go build houses or sell real estate or something. This is just, right. you know. Yeah, that's why, no, that's why the independent country music scene is awesome. So you have, you know, podcasts like ours and internet radio stations, which I'm involved in as well. Sure. And, you know, like, you know, shows We're we're really the lifeline, you know, for indie artists, you know, indie country artists. That's where the good stuff is coming from. Absolutely. Wouldn't you agree with that? Hell yes. Yeah. yeah. Everything that's uh, <laughs> worth, worth a rip is not played on country radio today. At least it's yeah. new. Anything, anything charted. It's just, I flipped it on, I think just like two days ago, I was driving in my car and I flipped on one of those Nash, you know, the new Nash stations. And it was like, uh, it was just like a, basically like a trap, trap hip hop beat behind a clap track oh, with, yeah. a, with acoustic guitar and the most auto-tuned vocals. I mean, everybody tunes their vocals a little bit. I get it, but it's like, it's like they're just, it's, it's like a joke. It's like, it's like I'm in a, I feel like I'm in a, a weird episode of the Twilight Zone where, it's it's like I I'm I want to play country music and I want to do traditional country records and I I call my own local radio station in Des Moines and I'm like hey I just spent eleven thousand dollars on this record we use the same writers and players that you would have heard you know play on Toby Keith's record and wrote for Tim McGraw and George Strait and yada yada it's like and they won't even give you time of day because they're paid by X Y Z 
um, jack wagon to play some 23 year olds hip hop track. I, just, I can't even get behind it. It's so bad. But. Yeah. I'm, it's funny that you, you say this and, you know, we're talking about this because um, I remember uh, talking to, um, I think it was Dennis Ladbetter, who's like, you know, mainline traditionalist, you know, awesome person. And he was saying the same thing. And, um, you know, I, what he had shared with me that I didn't know is that um, he told me that like, you know, maybe 15 years ago, something like that. Um, you know, most of these radio stations were bought out by like two major conglomerates. Nash Icon. Yes, yes, yes. iHeartRadio yes. too owns a, owns a lot of them. So it's like you have, and, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And he says, that's why you, you know, no matter where you go, um, you know, it's in tracks. Yes. That's what he was saying. I said, Oh yeah. my gosh, I didn't realize that at all. Um, and then I have a, a super, super close friend that I've known, you know, forever, who's an engineer out in Nashville. Uh, he does all kinds of music and, you know, I was having a conversation similar to what we're talking about. And he said, Hey, you know, what you don't understand is that, you know, um, the record companies kind of almost went belly up when Napster happened. And I guess that happened, you know, decades ago, yeah. um, you know, uh, file sharing and all that stuff. They weren't prepared for all of that. Right. And there was no regulation back then for anything like that. Right. So yeah. they lost their shirt. So now, right. You know, fast forward, you know, a couple decades forward, um, they're recouping those losses by, you know, using, you know, uh, fabricated software instruments, you know, so the map tracks you're talking about, the uh, software instruments you're talking about, that's very cheap <laughs> to produce a song when all you're using is basically these, you know, these instruments. And so it's more cost effective for them to do that. And so that's why if, you know, and you've already, you know, pointed this out, you hear a lot of these songs that have, you know, these kind of, you know, computerized or software instruments um, because it's a lot cheaper. And if that, a song like that goes to number one, well, you know, they're cash rich, you know, because yeah. they didn't pay, they didn't pay union scale for the musicians and things like that. So um, that kind of explains partly why we're hearing, you know, from one side, it's, you know, most of these stations are you know, owned by like those two conglomerates that we talked about. And then on the other side, it makes more fiscal sense for the record companies because, you know, you, they don't have to pay, you know, a scale for musicians or whatever when they can have one guy in front of com a, a computer, you know, putting together these beats and all this stuff for them, you know, so yep. a lot less, you know, out of pocket. Um but in that same conversation, Royce, uh, what we came to the conclusion of is that traditional country music will probably never go that way. <laughs> we'll probably always use real instruments. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's because, I mean, I get it. You know, it's it's easier to build a track. Easy Drummer is amazing. I mean, like, uh, I, to be honest with you, the drum tracks, that that's one of the hardest things to get. Um, in a session, right? I mean, that's one of the most costly, right. like to record and oh, have a, yeah. a good enough drummer because that that sets the, I mean, that's the clock for oh, everything. Yeah. So uh, I, yeah, I mean, I get why, yeah, I get, I get why they're doing it. I don't, I don't really believe that's the main factor on on the radio mm -hmm. thing. And and I mean, I 
it's yeah, I mean you you can go to Nashville and get most single guys to do a demo for four hundred bucks and then a session oh, yeah. at Baird is like seven hundred for a six piece band. It's gonna sound just as good or better than anything here on the radio and they're all real musicians. Um right. But it's union, so I mean if it does hit, you do pay. But uh right. Yeah, but that, that's based on I can't I don't know if it's sales past ten thousand you have to pay a, a certain mm -hmm. skip on it or whatever. But I mean to, to even sell ten thousand records, it's it's that's that I mean it's, well, that's yeah, so record, difficult, man. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, mean, I, yeah I don't even buy records anymore. Fuck, I sell records and I don't even I don't even buy them. <laughs> it's like why I would I? No, I'm serious. Um, you know what I've started buying though? I've started buying vinyl, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, and those sales have gone up. You know, if you, you know, I don't know if you're a data nerd like me, but if you are, if you look that factoid up, you'll see that vinyl is making a comeback. Of course, not to the levels of, you know, what it was when that was the only thing you could buy, yeah. you know, way back when our, you know, parents and grandparents were doing, you know, this kind of thing. But um, it, it is definitely like a niche type thing you know yeah. that's kind of on an upswing and cds and digital downloads are on their way down cds yeah. especially it's like really tanking um but what's taken the place of that is streaming so yeah. you know everyone is streaming and now you can you know in your car if, you know you can put something on an sd or whatever a drive and just listen to whatever you want. So, and with satellite radio and, you know, you can just hook up your phone and hear your favorite radio station. So, um, yeah. So it seems like everything is going, uh, towards streaming, but you know, I'm with you. Um, traditional country music, I think will always have real musicians because it's part of, you know, the feel of what, you know, the music is all about, you know, um, so I, I think that, you know, we're not going to be impacted on that level. You know, people want to do the other thing. That's fine. You know, I really, I don't, you know, I'm not down on anyone, you know, do whatever you want to do, <laughs> but, you know, leave my music alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the problem is, so, is it, it discourages genuine, I mean, it discourages kids to practice instruments and learn besides guitar okay. players. I mean, and. It's like you know how many you know how many steel guitar players there, there's going to be in in twenty years like six and it's like yeah. I, it's to me it's terrifying it's like the the art of I mean shit you, you take out amplifiers on stage and we're all doing in ears nowadays I get it it's more effective but it's like mm -hmm. you're losing you're losing the feel man you're losing so much it's just uh, I feel like Eeyore because I've just I'm just there's just not a whole lot of positive stuff going on especially in the music world but um, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I, you, during COVID, especially when, when all this hits, like I had a six piece band put together some of the best musicians around Iowa and they're all, you know, in their 40 to forties to sixties. And, you know, they don't want to go out because of COVID and it's like, you know, we finally get this band, this, this awesome band together. And it's just, we just get tanked by the government of all things, you know, on top of, they don't want, they don't want to allow that, that <laughs> what sets the rates for streaming was set in the, what in the twenties or thirties. And it's just like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just so unpromising and owned mm -hmm. by corporate entities. It, it, mm -hmm. Unless you do it independent and just throw your stuff in a van and drive around and do yeah. shows. It's just like, you have to, you have to completely disconnect yourself from, you know, uh, I mean, that, that's, that's why for the longest time I, would, I wouldn't go do like little local radio stuff. I'm just like, what's the point? You're not going to play the record. I'm not going to go interview for your dad joke. 
and during in between morning traffic drive all the way down there sit around for a half hour and then be in there for three seconds to act like someone gives a rip they don't it's just mm-hmm. You know, know, everyone, Royce, come on, come on, don't, don't be that way. I really believe that um, there's always going to be a group of loyalists, you know, that really love the music that, you know, are going to like, you know, stand behind it and do what you do. And those people will, you know, like put together radio stations and look, this podcast series and things like that. And, you know, I think that's where the future of traditional country music lies and people like you, people like us, you know, all over the world that really love this type of music and they're not going to let it die, you know, and they're going to pass that love on to their family, their friends, you know, your children, once you have them and things like that, and it'll continue on. And I mean, I, I even have a podcast. I have five episodes. We just did local musicians and stuff, but that's awesome. Uh, it just, man, it, it just doesn't equate. I just, I just feel like, especially younger people are less interested in, in music. I, I really do. I think it's an attention span thing. I think um, it's a generation. It's just a different man. It's so, it's so hard to explain. It's, it's like a, it's a very large equation of what's wrong with it, really. And um, I, yeah, I mean, th- there's plenty of people that are 30 to 65 that might dig what I do, but it's like, I think in the future, I, I don't especially the way it's just leaning. It's just like, I, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to continue to do what I do independent of what anybody really thinks. I don't <laughs> care, but right. it's just, I mean, uh, truthfully, not, not being like blindly optimistic. Yeah, it's, it's just, there's, I mean, you know, you, you get a million views on a music video um, mm-hmm. on Facebook and you just get a bunch of people that like your page, but, and, the, and then they can't even connect with you afterwards because that's the platform doesn't allow for that. It's like, well, then what did that million views really mean? Did it mean anything? I mean, you know, it, does, it doesn't equate to a hundred people coming out to each one of your shows. And if you played every different Metro, you know, uh, in 15 different States, it doesn't, it doesn't add up to that. You know, um, right. I, I don't know. I don't know, man, especially with COVID, you can't even, you can't even do that now. It's, it's like you, you would even 10 years ago, you know, it, it was, it was just more of a thing, but now it's like, I remember, like, I think I probably got in maybe at the best or worst time, like in 2016, because it was like right as streaming just became such a norm. And then you, you, I was still selling CDs, kind of, and you, you might sell a thousand copies. It might pay for your record. But now you can't even go, you can't even go do shows to promote that record. Yeah, people, you know, I think with music, especially, I mean, I kind of compare it to, you know, just a a different art form right so you know i have you know friends that are you know actual painters and things like that and i mean they go through all this you know uh i don't know i don't want to call it trouble but you know all this hard work i mean i I, there was one piece of art friend of mine worked on it for like i don't know two years I mean, it's like, and and, and yeah, I'm not kidding. And I'm talking about every single day, you know, just kind of, um, and then, you know, all of a sudden it's done and you're right. It's like, you know, where's the audience, you know, um, you know, how many (laughs) dollars it's just, I mean, yeah, it sucks. I mean, it's, but if you love it, it's a different deal, but it's also when it's a business and it's your living you have to be right. thinking about these things. Cause it's like, do you, what's, right. you know, when you have kids, you get married, you start really thinking about like, well, right. What, I mean, 
you know what I'm saying? It's it's a yeah. No, I hear you, Royce, like loud and clear. And it, this is so interesting because this conversation right here, it sounds so similar to a conversation I had once again with Dennis Ledbetter, and um, I call him the singing engineer. So he does this, like he goes out and he does, you know, uh, shows and all this other stuff. But he's an engineer, so he goes to. I mean, he. Okay, so he worked as an engineer for I don't know how long, and now he has his own business where he's a consultant, right? Um, he yeah. got his engineering degree, and you know his day job is you know working as an engineer. And and yeah. I asked him, I go, I go, so are you going to like continue? He goes, hey, if I don't work my job, I can't do this. Yeah, and that's what he told me. Right. And I said, like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I, I have to have a real job in order to be able to continue performing and putting out albums. And, you know, albums cost 11, 12,000, even more than that. Um, yeah. So if I don't do that, I, I'm not able to, to do what I love, which is music. Is that, you know, I love being an engineer as well, but music is my passion. So yeah. I think for the indie artists, either you tour, you know, like there's no tomorrow and play every dive there is. Can't do that now. That's the problem. Yeah, you can't do that. Can't do that now. But we'll be able to, I, I'm hoping, you know, in the near future. There's some states that have opened up a little bit more, but no one's at, you know, like 100% yet. And there's been so many other outbreaks that, you know, who knows when we're going to get to that place. You know, I, I this might be the new normal. I, I don't know, Royce. I really have no idea. And, um, so I'm more hopeful than you are, Royce. I am. <laughs> I've just I've seen too much, man. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like you're only 25. Come on. Yeah, it's it's I've seen the reality of it, man. It's it's a uh, even for the songwriters, it's it's bleak. I mean, you're talking about songwriters who've written number ones, you know, that have written half a dozen number ones that are broke, and it's like what's wrong with that system, you know, and it's, man, it's, yeah, but there are a lot of reasons for that happening now. So we, well, can, I, I agree. I mean, people yeah. mismanage their money. They're not smart. I, I totally yeah, understand that. Mm -hmm. But even, well, even, even if, even if I moved to Nashville today, if I said, mm -hmm. Hey, I want to be a staff songwriter, at XYZ publishing company. If I write a number one hit that sells, you know, uh, <laughs> you're, you're not, you get paid nine cents a song per, mm -hmm you know, per record. So it's like back in the day, if you wrote a B cut on a Garth Brooks, you know, record that sold 10 million copies. I mean, you're talking about almost nine hundred thousand dollars right? But right, if you were Dean Dillon back in the day. <laughs> yeah. But, but nowadays, like, okay, if you get a million streams on a song, which is fantastic, right? If you oh. own the publishing and uh, if you own publishing mechanical, the whole shebang, you get, you get paid mm -hmm. six tenths of a penny per stream. So that's six grand on a million streams. So it's like if you co-wrote a song, which we, you know, and if you work for a publishing house with somebody else, it's like, you're mm -hmm. going to get uh, a quarter of that six grand. So it's like, you're going to get 1500 bucks. Right. If it hit, I'm just saying, it's just like, it's right. I, it, if you look at it just from that standpoint, yeah, it's bleak. But if you look yeah. at it from an art standpoint, you'd think, wow, if, you know, if I'm an artist, this is what I want to do. It doesn't matter. But the art mm -hmm. is suffering immensely, especially on the business side. It's like, you can't like, I, I wouldn't want to go to Nashville and go write, co-write songs. You know, it's, it's a, yeah. it's a, 
it's bleak, man. I mean, you go listen to any, I, I dare you to go listen to anything on top 40, transcribe it and just and tell me how many unique words they use. It's a, it's a knock, knock joke. Well, you maybe know? you can be part of the change, part of the emerging new traditionalists that take sure. over Nashville and put some good music back on the airwaves. You know, I, yeah. I am optimistic. I've seen this happen. You know, um, I lived through the 90s. I grew up in the 90s. And I remember, you know, right before, like, you know, I would hear all this stuff. And then when, you know, I was growing up going to school, you know, 90s country radio started sounding awesome. I mean, it was, you know, all the traditionalists that you can think of, Roy. So, you know, you had like, you know, George Strait and you had, um, you know, Ken Mellons and Randy Travis and, you know, Alan Jackson and I mean, all these, you know, I mean, good traditional country music. Um, but people were still buying records back then and that, that fueled most all of it the, the record sales fueled yeah. the, fueled the, the tour it fueled paying a band it fueled i mean and you just you don't have that you have no startup now so it's like right. it, it doesn't incentivize yeah, people right to work harder that. yeah I mean, no you're right about that you're right about that there is yeah you have to and uh, again a conversation i had um i had a um an interview with addison johnson um who's actually based out of Nashville. And um, he writes some really good songs. And um, he told me, he goes, the labels now, they want you to be the total package before they even look at you. So you have <laughs> they to They don't have, do anything. They don't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> I think that if you do what's in your heart, you're going to be fine. And so I think that um, the advice that Dennis Ledbetter had, that he's like, hey, I'm an engineer by day and I do this you know, in the evenings and on the weekend, because it's what I love. And I think that's what it comes down to. Um, from a business standpoint, no, it doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, it really does. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, it really does not. Uh, but from a passion standpoint, if, you know, a, a person that has to do what they love, what's in their heart, then it's not a question of should I, it's you have no other choice. You're going to play music, you're, you're going to write music, and you're going to perform, or you're going to do all three if that's what you have to do because you love it. So that, I think that's something, you know, a person has to come to that place where they say, well, yeah, I love this. I don't care if I don't make any money, I'm going to continue doing this because I love it. Or if you're looking at it more from a business standpoint, then, you know, it doesn't make a lot of fiscal sense. You know, I, I don't get me wrong, dude. I, I love it. I've dedicated most of my, uh, you know, early adult life to it. And yeah. More than most, I would say. I've I've mm -hmm. I've spent more time doing shows. I've done average 150 to 200 shows a year for the last wow. six odd years. You know, I've, I've traveled all over. You know, Yahoo to get to this and do this thing, and it's just like, man, I've I've, I've seen so much under the sun, and I've talked to a lot of people who've been there, done it, and it's like it's just, uh, yeah. <laughs> if you want to make records, which that's what I want to do, I want to I want to make full-length records that people put on sit down and listen to not mm -hmm. singles not, right. not not jive just little yeah, you know you. rinky dink deals that mm -hmm. that's what most kids can afford to do but it's just like that's not gonna that's not that's never gonna drive anybody or affect anything and it's like you, to be able to go out and make a record and do that it costs you know ten to fifteen thousand dollars you want to yeah. do ten songs and if you want to make a concept album and have really good really good musicians on it it's like uh, yeah, I mean, follow your dream, you know, do, you can have it, the old fashioned storybook, you know, uh, conundrums in there. But it's it's also, if I want to go do this, realistically, how do I justify it? How do I justify hiring these people? How do I 
you know, do I just keep pulling out of my own savings that, that, you know, that I'm going to give to my wife and daughter someday. It's like, that's irresponsible. It's not just like, I want to follow my dream and, you know, it's a fairy tale ending. It's like, it's a realistic business. You have to, you have to really weigh these things before you go pull the trigger on songs. And, and that's the whole art of it is writing and recording these songs, not just playing covers live for fun on the weekends right. or even, even paying for the art. That's, yeah, that's even if you don't make any money, fine. I, yeah. Hey, if, if I go, if I could just make records that I could sustain mm. and pay for them, absolutely. I would, I would do it for the rest of my life, but it's like, it's getting this point where it's like, I mean, I, 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 they've taken away my ability to even pay for it by do by touring and, and playing for people. And it's, and, and now they're cutting stream rates again. I'm with doing what you love. And if it's music, you should go for it no matter what. And, you know, whatever you have to do to, you know, make that happen for yourself. I, I almost <laughs> have no hope unless, unless there's legislation that comes in fact. But the thing is the cat's out of the bag. People aren't ever going to spend they're, they're never going to buy records at the at the volume that they bought them at to help actually pay for the art and do the thing. You can't, it just doesn't happen anymore. So it's like what, they're never, they're never going to be able to get the toothpaste back, back in the tube. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's a. Uh, but, but there might be something else that's even better. There may be, you know, like you said, legislation that helps, or there might be some other innovations that happen that will, you know, bring fairness back to the table, you know, where artists can actually make money. Because uh, you should be able to support yourself through your art. I totally believe that. Um, it's just that, you know, we're not seeing that right now. But, you know, obviously something has to change. I mean, I yeah. think something has to change, you know. Um, and I think you're right that um, maybe it is through legislation. Maybe that's the way things change, you know. Maybe. You know? I mean, so just, th just think how crazy this is. I started this record in twenty mid-2019. So we spent... I don't know, a year and a half on it or whatever to finally get it out. Almost actually about two years. And, you know, you start this thing way out there. And by the time it gets released, it's like something like COVID happens and you have no control. You you can't even go support your own record doing it the old fashioned hard way. You know, it's, it's like, you know how many bar owners that I've talked to and venue owners and like just in Iowa that are just like up in arms. They're just like, I've, yeah. I've spent my entire life building life. this thing seen some iconic i mean iconic bars and establishments that were around forever that helped so many artists i mean i could give you a who's who list of artists that they helped you know early on in their career and now they're gone because they can't you know they can't make it you know period i mean you're a bar if you can't have people over you know drink and listening to music it, it's not going to you know move forward you know I mean, and you have to be pretty, uh, I don't know, you have to be pretty cash rich um, to yep. be able to sustain something like this. Um, and, and, and it also, I, I, I do like to a certain extent believe that, you know, you should have probably planned a little bit better because realistically it's, you know, um, I don't know. At the, at the beginning, I thought, wow, maybe it's just a couple months. And it's if you can't survive a couple months, then you probably should have been making some different decisions. But now it's like you're right. talking about two years and it's years. like well that's yeah. that's crazy i mean it's yeah, like what do yeah. we <laughs> no one could have budgeted for something like that royce it's like not even possible i mean come on you know right. two years out not even yeah. the uh you oh, know that's the, crazy yeah that's crazy e even the most astute financial analysts tell you oh you should have you know six months worth of you know uh reserves you know for any type of thing that might happen they never yeah. say two years <laughs> No, yeah. I mean, I 
Yeah, I'm a weirdo, dude. I'm I'm ready to go. I'm ready to you know go off grid and say to hell with it all. But you know most <laughs> most people aren't, and oh, it's uh, I oh, understand God. why that's not the case. But I <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm uh, <laughs> after after this year, I've made a lot of different decisions that you know I'm not relying on uh, just music to I guess support me and my family anymore. You know, right. at one point it was just like, hey, you know this is this is what I'm going to do, and it's like, well, they've failed me. You know, right. I mean. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying the people, the people. Have, no, I mean, there's been a not. ton of people that have supported me. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. But, you know, um, like kind of switching gears here. You put out two amazing albums. I mean, oh, they you. are really, really good. And uh, I think I was telling you before how when I was kind of listening through to one last two step. I mean, you have some solid songs on here. But, 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 but I'm a huge, <laughs> I mean, a very big Lefty Frizzell fan. Oh, yeah. And when I heard your version of That's the Way Love Goes, I said, oh, God, I have to reach out to Royce because this is such a good version of this song. You know? Oh, thank you. Yeah. And I'm, I will tell you, I'm, you know, kind of brutal <laughs> on people that do covers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because I never think they do a good job, you know, honestly, you know, I just, I've I been throwing But your version came out so great, so I want to play it for the Over my left shoulder I've spent most all of my life Searching for that four-leaf clover Yet you ran with me Chasing my rainbows Well, honey, I love you too That's the way love goes That's the way love goes, babe That's the music God made For all of the world Never old, it grows. Losing makes me sorry. You say, honey, don't worry. Don't you know I love you too? And that's the way love goes. You know I love you too And 
that's the way love goes. I do think that, oh, that cover is just fantastic. Well, you have a lot of great covers on this album. You know, I wondered, are these like all your favorites or some of your favorites? I mean, how did you come up with, you know, like putting these songs together? Yeah, these are these are just kind of a collection of my favorites. Uh, but uh, What My Woman Can't Do is written by Peanut Montgomery. Uh, oh, who else? Peanut Montgomery, George Jones, buddy. <laughs> yeah, so Peanut lives in Muscle Shoals, and I met him at the studio I was recording at. Um, and I, he's fr- so the guy that owns the studio, Billy, Peanut's wife, uh, homeschools Billy's son. They're all like family out there, you know? Oh, wow. And, uh, so, you know, Peanut Charlene come out of the studio and uh, Billy introduced me to Peanut. And Peanut's like, I don't want to meet nobody. And then we, I met him <laughs> and, and I gave him my CD and we kind of like, you know, kept up a little bit afterwards and said hi next time I came down. And he, he's actually, he's pretty, he's a sweetheart. He's a nice guy. And, Sounds uh, like it. He, uh, I, I asked him, I'm like, hey, I want to do a George Jones cover. And Billy's like, you should do what my woman can do because no one's ever done it. And I was like, well. If I, saw, if I get Peanut's blessing, I'll do it. So I, I asked Peanut, and he's like, yeah. Uh, he said, I think it sounded cool. So we did it, and he said he really liked it. So, I mean, it was kind of yeah, cool meeting the guy that wrote it, you know, and getting the hand it to him. Yeah. So, hey. I didn't know Peanut was uh, still with us, so he's oh, still yeah. kicking. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he is. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Awesome. So what studio, so is that the studio that you recorded the entire album on? So you actually, so tell us all about the studio and the people that worked on the album. It's such a good album. Well, One Last Two Step and Dance on Johnny were actually done in Baird in Nashville. Um, That was done with a six piece band out there, like a one take, you know, demo band kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't planning on doing a record or album. And I, I, I had those two songs and then I, you know, through one way or another met Billy, um, and started working with him and i just we just recorded covers for fun because i saw it's a long story but i, I just kind of met him through a, a friend of mine on facebook it was just a weird deal and i went down to muscle shoals to meet his friend and his friend had a room in the studio and then i just saw billy's process and i'm like man i think he's doing something else no one else is doing right now and uh, we just did some covers for fun just to see how it'd go and it, i thought you know we had a we had a great time and me and billy hit it off and then we started doing some original stuff that uh some you know that I co-wrote and then some other people co-wrote and uh, you know, it was, uh, I, I actually do like the philosophy of you take maybe some different stuff, different stuff, just so you get different flavors, at least album to album, you know, just that way you're not doing the same thing again. But like, like on this record, we had the steel guitar player was from Iowa. Um, Dave Alstead, who's my buddy. And uh he played he played on all the parts um he played all the parts in iowa and they just sent him over so everything you hear is actually done one piece at a time um wow. like on on nine out of 11 of those songs it's pretty amazing that billy can do it and make it sound like an actual band's playing but, yeah that- uh, but it it's not a like your typical session you go in you have six people you give them a chart you know mm-hmm. and, you, and they run it but uh billy actually builds his stuff he does it like uh he plays guitar and plays drums and plays bass and does it all one piece at a time. Then he adds, he has Clayton Ivy who plays keyboards. Um, Clayton is one of the fame gang guys from recalls crew and he's played on every Toby Keith number one. I mean, this guy's played with Ed James, Ray Charles, you know, cool. uh, um, 
yeah, it's, he, you could write a book on Clayton, but uh, he brings them in and they're like the best rhythm section, you know, and you don't have to go spend six grand for two songs, you know. But. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Man, what did you love the most about record? I mean, so the studio where you were at, it's like, you know, Muscle Shoals. I mean, good Lord. I mean, <laughs> Muscle Shoals itself, you know, that whole area has such a rich, you know, musical history, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know? they're they're amazing. I mean, they're they had more number ones uh, on the on the radio in nineteen like sixty seven yeah. to seventy two than New York yeah. did. You know, and New yeah. York was the I guess the place for a while, but it's kind of like home. You know, it's nothing nothing fancy, and it's uh, you know, everybody, everybody treats you like family. It's just kind of like small town living. You know, right? What made you record there? I mean, you could uh, record anywhere. You know. Yeah, I did Nashville uh, on the first record. Well, Truck Stop Souvenirs, and then uh, two of the songs from that record. And then I uh, I started um, kind of branching out, just seeing like what you know, what else can I do? What's another you know, what's another place? And um, it was it was it was really by accident. Uh, I ran into one of the guys that rented a room in Billy's studio from Facebook. He just he sent me a thing saying, "Hey, I like Truck Stop Souvenirs." and He's like, I, I work down here. And if you ever, you know, he, he's trying to recruit me to play for the six string soldiers in the army. And he's producing that group. And I said, I couldn't do it, but I said, I'd like to come to Muscle Shoals anyway and meet you guys. And that's how I met him. So, wow, that's awesome. That's just amazing. So, um, I think you might have touched on some of your musical heroes, but I'd like to just ask you straight out, you know, who are your musical heroes? And I get the impression that this is going to be like a wide variety. Of <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's, that's a hard question. Um, oh, I mean, just in country music or everybody in general? No, I mean, everybody, period. Country oh, music. And, yeah. Shit. I mean, I'm, I'm a Nirvana fan. I mean, cool. I, I love Van Halen. I love ACDC and stuff, but I'm, I also love Conway Twitty, you know. I love Vern Gosden's probably my favorite voice oh, yeah. in country music. But oh, the voice. Uh, Daryl Singletary probably be another one. Yeah. I would say it would be a hard split between Daryl uh, and Vern Gosden and Merle Haggard, um, Willie Nelson, of course, Waylon Jennings, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. Love Johnny Cash. Uh, big John Prine fan. Um, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Such a love, great songwriter. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I love I love Buck Owens. Oh, Buck Owens, that's kind of fun. Oh, yeah. cool. Bob Wills, big Bob Wills fan. Um, oh yeah, I I love you know Texas Swing, you know that's uh, I still do. I still listen to, it. and there's still people putting out, believe it or not, you know, uh, Western swing music, and it's just awesome. It's one of my favorites actually, but yeah. you won't hear it on the radio. <laughs> And all those people have day jobs. <laughs> yep, they <laughs> but do. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. I love, but I love it, man. I mean, I'm I'm learning how to play pedal steel right now. I've spent last nine months really just woodshedding it, you know, to a yeah. point where I can bring it out and use it on some, oh, you know, maybe man. some other people's shows. But that's awesome. Good lord, that is my favorite instrument, Royce. I would In say so. It's steel. my favorite yeah. too. You know, the, well, I, of course, I don't play pedal steel, but I'm saying it's my personally, you know, my favorite instrument to hear. Um, and, and when I think back of, you know, my favorite songs, my favorite songs of all time, they all have a really awesome pedal steel in it. So, yeah. 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 I love it. I love it. I mean, it's, it's been the most challenging. I would say it's, it's the most challenging, difficult, uh, 
I don't know a thing I put my hands on besides my wife, you know, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> oh, <good boy. laughs> it's, it's work. I'm gonna tell you right now. It's, it's, uh, but I, I also am very lucky to have Dave Alstead, who's like, mm. you know, one of the best pedal steel players in the Midwest or he's, he's, you know, on national level, he's just a, he's just, yeah. he's just really good. And he's, he's taught me a lot, man. He's just been a friend to me and, um, He's still teaching me. I mean, I talked to him damn near every other day, and he's just like, "Hey, I want to." I asked him the other day, "I'm like, how do I, how do I do this lick, or how do I make this thing?" And he's like, "Oh, flip your knee lever here and do this," and he'll explain wow. it to me. And it's just really? like, a, yeah, it's it's pretty <laughs> cool, so man. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. If you want to introduce someone to like traditional country music, is there like a particular song that comes to mind that? You know, you're like, you know, this would be a great introductory song for someone. Oh, man. I, no, I don't. I have no idea what I'd tell that. <laughs> I, it's like, it's like, you want to learn how to speak French? Uh, what's your favorite word in French? You know, it's just like a whole, it's probably a whole mood. And I don't know. Um, I would tell them to listen to, listen to For the Last Time by Bob. It was, it's 1974, Bob Will's last record. Um, mm -hmm. I think the year before he died. Mm -hmm. Um Listen to that. Listen to Honky Tonk Heroes. I mean, that's just kind of like your basic stuff. You should. Yep. Everybody should know. Listen to oh, Daryl Singletary's. Uh, uh, that's why I sing this way. It's probably one of my oh, favorite yeah. records of all time. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, I don't concept record wise, meta modern sounds and country music. Sturgill Simpson. It's not really. It's more. It's kind of like a psychedelic record, but I love it. I mean, he's just he's 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 the best country voice alive today. I'd say. I mean, like. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm maybe not even country, just, I would just say as an artist, he's, he's my favorite today. He's just, he's so all over the board. I love him. Um, there's a lot of great songs on this last album. Do you have a favorite? I know that's kind of unfair to ask, but <laughs> they're I don't. favorite, of course, you know? <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I don't really like listening to myself. Actually, I don't like, I'll rephrase that. I don't, I don't really. Um, we just kind of do the thing and I hope people enjoy it, but, uh, was there one song that was like more fun to do for some reason? I mean, what my woman do, can't do is, was the funnest to record because the harmonies and stuff. Um, and the fixture at the Greenwood lounge, is probably my favorite track on there. It's cause my mom wrote it and it's just kind of a weird deal. She's never written a song in her life and she handed me words to it. And I was like, and I even gave you it to some of these number one writers. And I was like, what do you think of this? And I'm like, who wrote that? My mom. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> Holy hell. Are you kidding? No, no, she never. Yeah, it is crazy. Oh my gosh. Okay, we have to hear this song. Here we go. A fixture at the Greenwood Lounge. <laughs> Here we go. People pass through. They often don't see Stories are told Laughter is free We all get younger He's growing old He sits at the bar And people are told Dancing dogs on the wall And the music they play Liquor bottles getting better with age. He's your best bar stool neighbor. He'll probably stay later. 
He's a fixture at the Greenwood Lounge But for him it stands still Like the ice in his glass He's cold From memories of her The days just go by Like the clock on the wall That no longer tells time Dancing dogs on the wall And the music they play Old liquor bottles Getting better with age your best barstool neighbor he'll probably stay later he's a fixture at the greenwood lounge The music they play Old liquor bottles Getting better with age He's your best barstool neighbor He'll probably stay later He's a fixture at the Greenwood Lounge People pass through They often don't see Stories are told Laughter is free So um what is the song about did you ask her I mean did you know Yeah it's, it's 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 the oldest bar in Des Moines um and I used to take my band there uh we'd go play it's the it's like the equivalent to the Tootsies of Des Moines right I guess it'd be like the Bluebird of Des Moines it's it's a last listening room you know that mm-hmm. people actually kind of listen to hang out and uh like i said it's the oldest bar i think they're 100 or 90 years old or 100 years old wow. uh yeah it's it's it, I, I put out a music video to it featuring you know i'm in the bar so you can see all the things that you know if you listen to the song you can hear all the things that they should you know they talk about and it's a it's a nice little place you know wow that's awesome and she was inspired to write the song because of you know the tenure of the place in that area i mean it's like a a fixture you know yeah. it's like an icon or something correct well it's yeah the song's about a you know it's it's, it's about an old guy who who's uh he's becoming a he's becoming a fixture <laughs> he's gone there so long that he's becoming one of the you know yeah it's it's a it's just a different tune you know and it's just something you don't hear a whole lot of you know um yeah that's awesome i i love it oh my god your mom wrote a song for you <laughs> i i know i was actually i was pretty surprised because usually like when a friend or family member writes a song gives it to you you're like oh no i gotta tell them no but i actually i, I read it and i was like okay <laughs> hey. this is good <laughs> i like yeah, it. that's all that must have made her feel so good i mean i just can't imagine you know what i mean oh, she yeah. must feel awesome about that you know yeah, I, do, I give her full and due credit every time I play it and every time I talk about it. So I would Oh, good for you. That, that's awesome. That That's amazing. Well, what's <laughs> the coolest thing that's ever happened to you? The coolest thing? 
Yeah, like the coolest or funniest, you know, anything you think was, you know, kind of awesome. I, I don't know. I, I worked at a car dealership when I was 17. I got to go drive a $120,000 car to move it from one shop to another. That was kind of fun, but wow! <laughs> I don't know if that's really notable. What kind of car costs $125,000? Uh, 2013 ZR1 Corvette. It wow. was, it was a quick, it was quick. It was a wow. scooter. But. Oh. oh, that sounds cool. That sounds like it could have been pretty cool. If you were on a deserted island, you know, what five albums would you take with you and why? Everyone hates this question, but sure. when they answer it, it's very eye-opening. You know, some of the uh, yeah. picks. I would say Metamodern Sounds of Country Music, start there. Um, and this is, this is my opinion in 2021, you know. I feel like sure. this is, is always ever-changing. Uh, but I, I would say as far as, like, what, records that have influenced me, uh, that's why I sing this way, Daryl Singletary. Uh, for the last time, you know, the Bob Wills record, Honky Tonk Heroes, Waylon Jennings, and then, uh, oh, there's one more I, I, I thought of, uh, uh, John Prine's Prine Prine, 1970, you know, it's his, his first, his debut record, you know, every song on there is just a, it's a, it's a killer, you know. I just, he was just such a gifted songwriter. I mean, he really, truly was, you know. Oh, yeah. So much heart. I think that's, um, you know, um. I don't know when I, there's just certain people, I know he's a singer songwriter, but there's certain people that I just really view them more from the lens of songwriting. You know what I mean? Chris Christopherson yeah. is also one of those people that is. Yeah. And Willie, you know, I mean, obviously they're entertainers as well. I get it. But when I sit down and I listen to their music, I'm listening you know, to uh, the choice of words, you know, the arrangements, the, I mean, it's just, to me, it's just like a, you know, it's just like a beautiful piece of art, you know, and oh, yeah. um, you just get to uh, really, and John Prine was one of those people. He just had such a way with words, you know, oh, yeah. word selections, just, you know, things that you wouldn't really think of. And some of the analogies and metaphors within his, you know, the songs, I mean, it's just, just beautiful. I mean, really just beautiful. So, and you can't say that um, with a lot of <laughs> the music yeah. that you hear in any genre, actually, you know? Yep. I agree. It's, and yeah. that's, like I said, it comes back to, you know, records like that are discouraged. If, if prime prime was released today, you know, I, I don't know besides like saving country music and, you know, podcasts like yourself commercially right. it wouldn't be received at all but i guess i don't know if it really was commercially received in 1970 or not you know but it was widely renowned because people actually bought and listened to the entire record and thought about the stuff back right. then nowadays yeah. came you know you hand someone your life's work and they'd be like oh how do i hit how do i hit next on this you know i can't yeah. even it's yeah but you hit on it you know there you know there is the independent uh you know kind of insurgent you know, uh, country scene that, you know, Hey, you know, there are people listening and watching and, you know, I do believe that it'll get to the point where it should be, where, you know, it's, you know, there are more people, you know, buying, listening, watching, attending shows and, you know, being supportive. Um, but, you know, I agree that we kind of have to strengthen those networks as well so that fine folks like yourself can actually earn a living, you know, doing what they love the most. 
And, you yeah. know, a lot of this has to do with COVID too. I mean, I don't, um, you know, we have to wait and see how all of this is going to play out. Cause I, I'm just clueless about this whole thing, to be honest. I don't, and I yeah. don't understand. I, you know, I really, this is something that's just too mind boggling for me, you know? Um, yeah. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, in the future with all this. Um, what do you want people to know about you? I and mean, we talked about a lot of things you shared, you know, your, you know, opinions about, you know, the music industry and you're yeah. just, you know, <laughs> you're saying what's going on. I mean, that's, you know, well, most, and most people won't, and I can't blame them because they just, yeah. you know, but it's, it's also like, I'm not, if I get hit by a truck tomorrow, you know, oh, I want, I, I want, I want people to understand like what, I don't know, at least, at least see it through the real lens that I'm, that I'm dealing with it in, you know, and it's like, yeah. if I'm anything short of that is, is just, I mean, what, what are we doing? You know, why, no, why, why, why are we breathing? You know, what's, right. what's the point? I mean, why would, right. you know, why don't we just be truthful for a minute with each other and say like, exactly. why, why, why does anybody tune into FM radio right now? <sighs> I don't know, man. And, and see conversations like that are scary. For people in my shoes because they're like well i don't, I don't want to i don't want to rock the boat you know i might mm -hmm. have some major label interest someday mm -hmm. it's like even, even if you did and you didn't say what you actually thought at the time I mean, what's what what are you doing really you know go what get a job i think it, what i think is that people will respect you for being honest i don't know, know. <laughs> that, that they don't like me one of the two but well you know. but it's, it's so who cares so that's not your audience exactly. you know that's the way i see it you know, so if someone's going to judge you because of an opinion you have about something and they're not going to give your music a chance, then they're not your audience. You know, yeah. that's it. You know, right. I, at least that's the way I see it. You know, so, you no, know, I, 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 would, I would rather listen to someone who I mean, I don't have to agree with someone 100 percent because I don't agree with anybody. <laughs> 100% you know I just don't but um I don't have to necessarily agree with someone on everything but I can respect that person you know for really having you know a well-formed opinion about something I mean does that make sense to you yeah of course yeah I mean that's where I'm coming from so um is there anything because I know that we you know talked about a lot of different things you know a lot of honest conversations happening here um, but is there anything that you would like to share with your fans or, you know, just the people that are, you know, just finding out who you are, you know, anything you'd like for them to know about you that maybe we didn't talk about? Um, no, I mean, you know, just, I guess, uh, check out the record and see what you think, you know, and if you like it, tell your friends. I mean, it's really all, uh, I guess all I could tell you, you know, I'm not really, a, uh, I don't know if I'd... <laughs> The most I, I hate I don't, I don't like to be the political character you know but uh, I, yeah just check out the record and if, if you dig it let people know you know that's about it yeah we didn't talk about politics what are you talking about <laughs> music politics I guess Whoa. you know <laughs> what are you talking say. about <laughs> okay so um with that being said um can you share you know your like Facebook if you're on Instagram you know Twitter can you share your handle yeah across yep. social media okay great. it's just uh, okay. if you go to facebook uh it's just royce johns um but if you do facebook.com backslash royce johns music uh it's just picture me sitting on my 89 crown victoria with uh awesome. it's got a little blue check mark next to it so you can't miss me cool all right how about twitter instagram is there a website I don't do Twitter. Uh, I have a website, it's RoyceJohns.com, but I don't. Uh, I don't really do Instagram. Uh, I have an Instagram, but I don't. I don't update it. You know, it's not really a. It's just kind of there, just to okay. you know, be a placeholder. 
No worries. Okay, no worries whatsoever. And so um, we usually close out like with, you know, an acoustic song played by you or one of your all-time favorite songs. Your choice. Uh, I would, uh, let me think about that. Tell you what, I'll pull you up what I'm listening to right now. Maybe it's something, uh, oh, K, Daryl Singletary, K-A-Y. So he actually covered that song, but wow. yeah, that, that would probably be one of my all-time favorite country songs. If you awesome. got that one on there. Awesome. Now, would that be the song you would choose if you were going to like introduce someone to country music, to traditional country music? Yeah, it's a fantastic song. I mean, it really paints a picture. Um, it's about a cab driver, you know, sold everything he owned to bring his girlfriend to Nashville and she got famous and forgot him. You know, it's it's yeah. has everything, everything it needs to be a great. It's a it's a heartbreaker, you know, and I love songs like that. Me too. <laughs> Bring back sad to country music. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. yeah. All right. That sounds great. We're going to go ahead and hear that song. And you just want to really thank you, you know, for your time today, Royce. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. Okay, with all your singing talent back in Houston. Nashville's all you talked about I sold everything on to bring you here Now you'll be famous, there's no doubt Last week you knocked them out in New York Tonight Chicago's going wild Your record on the jukebox don't sound bad Okay, I'm living, yet I'm dying Staring out at Music City from my cab Caution lights blink out their warning Some old Big Ben clock chimes 3 a.m. Starving hound dogs search a trash can My gas tank could use ten dollars worth again All the potholes here on Main Street Are my ribcage I could cuss The crowd of nightlife people look so sad Okay, I'm living Yet I'm dying, staring out at Music City from my cab. Two young soldiers from Fort Campbell told me how they won the war in Afghanistan. Sirens echo through an alley. Some woman said somebody stabbed a man. I rushed Miss Teenage to the doctor She begged to give the child my name I can't count the cups of coffee that I've had Okay, I'm living and I'm dying Staring out at Music City from my cab Two rose petals on my front seat Falling from the bouquet Jimmy took to June Jim kept mumbling through his teardrops God, she'll leave this world with flowers in her room Okay, I showed some drunk your picture And he made a smart remark I hit him in the mouth, boy was I mad Okay, I'm living, yet I'm dying Staring out at Music City from my cab Steel guitars and pianos How they play Grinding out the latest sounds From Music City, USA Hey, yeah, 
brought you to the swinging music world I miss pictures of those happy times we had Okay, I'm living, yet I'm dying Staring out at Music City from my cab Okay, I'm living, yet I'm dying Staring out at Music City from my cab On the Brink 2021.